Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome or welcome to blah, 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 blah. welcome back to the Live Label Free podcast. I am not even gonna edit that out, and I'm not even gonna re-record that intro <laughs> because I just think it's a perfect explanation or a perfect illustration of just me being back and coming back to the podcast after not having been doing it for a while. I just think it's a perfect illustration that. When you don't <laughs> practice and you weren't consistent with things, you will make mistakes. Um, so anyways, welcome back to the Live Label Free podcast. I am so, so beyond excited to be sitting here again and recording another episode. Because as you know, if you listened to the episode before this, I was in Bali. I just returned from Bali yesterday so I slept for like 12 hours last night um and it was it was a really long trip and I don't even just mean like the flight because that was long too like 17 hours I was completely like demolished after that I was so tired I was like I do not feel like doing anything I just want to sleep and I just want to eat and I just want to lay in bed and not do shit um so that's exactly what i did i took care of myself um but yeah the the bali trip itself was also very long i mean i was there for almost two months um and yeah it it was long like i feel like i just need to do a whole separate episode updating you on everything that happened there and how i learned from it because it was definitely a bumpy ride. I mean, I got food poisoning twice, faced some seriously unexpected obstacles, and I was just honestly very, very overstimulated a lot of the time. I think especially the second month I was there, it was just a lot harder for me to be there because my threshold for like overstimulation had had kind of been reached already after one month. So the fact that I survived another month, I'm just really surprised but anyways it was definitely an experience and I think that's what life is all about right like having experiences and learning from them and learning about yourself um especially learning what your boundaries are I mean I learned so many of my boundaries (laughs) and I made a ton of progress on my extreme hunger book so that is productive too um but yeah we're back we made it and I am just so excited to dive into today's episode and that is all about reframing the common belief that autistic people are rigid. I mean, I believe a much more accurate term would be adaptive. And again, I feel like it's so relevant to me returning from Bali because I adapted, I had to adapt so much while I was there, which of course I'll tell you about in a future episode. Um, But today we are going to dive into this belief that autistic people are rigid and we're going to shift it. Um, And I'm going to explain why autistic people are actually not rigid at all and why we're actually really, really adaptive. I mean, autistic people are like the most adaptive people I know. (laughs) But before we dive in, I do have a very, very, very exciting announcement, and that is the launch date of my book. I mean, if you are on my email list, um, if you're part of the Live Label Free fam, um, you already got an email about this a few weeks ago. I think I sent it out a month ago by the time this episode is coming out. So if you do want to be the first one to always hear updates and news and behind the scenes exclusive content, do be sure to join the Live Label Free family at livelabelfree.com forward slash join dash the dash fam join the fam 
very fitting, right? Anyways, if you didn't get the email or you didn't see the email for whatever reason, I am so beyond excited to announce that Rainbow Girl will officially be published on July 14th, 2023. Woohoo! I am just so, so excited. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, that is literally one month from now. I am so, so excited by but I'm also so, so nervous um, because, I mean, I spent over a year of writing, editing, proofreading, designing, not to mention going back more times than I care to admit to make sure everything is perfect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is such a huge, just, I mean, I don't even know, like, I can't even have the words, I can't even find the word, words right now. I'm just, Rainbow Girl is, like, literally my entire life. I share in there like, I do not hold anything back. I share things in that book that I haven't even told my own family. Like, they've always been my own secret. And yeah, so I'm just, I'm just so excited for everyone to read it, for you to read it, because all of the people who have already read the book, um, my better readers, they just, many people have read it, like, within one day. They said they couldn't put it down, and they said that they finally, for the first time, felt like it was a really true reflection, showing, like, all the parts of an eating disorder, um, because, I mean, there's so many topics that people talk about online, on Instagram and YouTube and whatever, but there's also so many things people don't talk about, things people are afraid to talk about, things that are taboo, you know, things that are shoved under the table, so Rainbow Girl is going to be a book that you can put on your table, <laughs> both literally and figuratively, because I just really think we need more awareness, well, not, not only, I think we just do need more awareness, not only around autism and eating disorders but just the horrific truth of how these things are being treated and how things are these things are being handled in the first place like the fact that healthcare professionals think that autism needs a cure I'm like that is like already a huge problem how eating disorder professionals are treating eating disorders is a huge problem um so yeah anyways I am going into a rabbit hole here of just passion and <laughs> passionate uh what do you call it passionate energy to change the system but I mean small consistent steps lead to big changes that's what I always tell my clients so with Rainbow Girl I hope to be making one step towards a better world and with this podcast I hope to be making one step and with my other books I hope to be making one step um so yeah it's all about making one step at a time and as my mom says so beautifully in her song which is of course the intro of this podcast um you just always gotta keep you just always gotta keep putting one foot in front of the other before we dive in again i just want to read you a snippet of rainbow girl um in fact i'm just gonna like read you the back cover um just so you can get, get kind of like an idea of the book so here we go at just 15 years of age, Livia was tossed out of the Dutch eating disorder treatment system with the message, you're just going to have to accept the fact that you're never going to get better. Growing up unknowingly autistic, Livia spent the majority of her young life seeking worth and validation in external achievements. She excelled in her honors classes, competitive sports, and eventually an eating disorder. It wasn't until she realized the control she so desperately sought would be the death of her that Livia made the hardest decision anyone with an eating disorder can make, to trust and surrender to the recovery process. In this gripping and vulnerable memoir, 
Livia illustrates how invalidated autism can manifest as an eating disorder and how discovering her true self was the key to unlocking an abundant and colorful life. So yeah, if you follow me on Instagram at LiveLabelFree or if you've listened to previous podcast episodes, um, you know that I've shared snippets before. Maybe you've heard some snippets. Basically, Rainbow Girl is all about my life growing up undiagnosed autistic, how I developed an eating disorder, and the action steps I took to fully recover and become label-free. If you want to be the very first to hear about the book when it goes live, be sure to get on the book's waitlist by heading over to livelabelfree.com forward slash book. I am actually sending out something really, really special soon to my book waitlist. I'm actually sending like chapters of my book um so yeah be sure to be on that list but otherwise if you're just on the join the fam list um you'll hear like basic updates and everything so yeah i'm beyond excited for you to read my story and without further ado let's dive into today's episode all about why autistic people are not rigid but adaptive Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. In our society, autism is often associated with rigidity and inflexibility. However, as someone who is autistic and is constantly speaking with other autistic people, I can confidently say that the complete opposite is true. Autistic people are not inflexible, but but rather we are adaptive. Um, And this is like, again, autistic people are often seen as having a limited range of interests and being resistant to change. And going back to what I said before the intro music, so many healthcare professionals, which I just am shocked how they can call themselves professionals, say that autism needs a cure because this rigidity is somehow a problem. And other behaviors that autistic people execute are quote unquote problems. But It's like not like that. I mean, we are not rigid at all. Autistic people are actually really open to a wide range of possibilities and we are actually very flexible and we have a curiosity that drives us to explore, learn, and create out-of-the-box solutions. I mean, it's no wonder that like basically every revolutionary person in history was autistic. I mean, Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, the founder of freaking Microsoft, uh, what's his name? Bill Gates. I always get, no, or is it Steve Jobs? I, I cannot even believe I need to, you know, I'm just going to Google this while we're standing here. <laughs> founder of Microsoft is uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> 
okay steve jobs is from apple i am so sorry my friends um but yeah anyways um i think the reason why autistic people develop routines is because we easily become overwhelmed by the abundance of choices in the world and again that's why like hyper focus is honestly an adaptation because it allows us to literally drown out the overwhelm and just focus on one thing we again i'm speaking for the autistic community we want to try everything and experience everything but we often don't know where to start and for me that was like an example of like when i was in bali i think the reason why i was so overstimulated part of the reason was there were so many things i could do there right like i could go to the waterfall and i could go to the monkey forest and i could go to this like nice beach and i could go to you know every single tourist attraction there is and obviously like i'm not gonna go to every single tourist attraction in bali like that's not even possible to step on every piece of land there and that was really hard for me and that took a lot of my energy was like choosing like okay where do i want to go and kind of related to vacation i think it's part of the reason also why autistic people tend to overpack a lot like my suitcase is always too heavy whenever i travel i mean I need to share the story like in my Bali update episode that like needs to come but I was literally having a discussion with the not the flight attendant but like the person at the check-in counter like when I was traveling back home I literally was having an hour-long discussion with them about my suitcase and I had put like a ton of stuff in my hand luggage um because my suitcase was too heavy and they got mad about my hand luggage and yeah it was like a whole thing anyways like what are we even talking about here we're talking about me traveling like i think a much more relevant example to this podcast and everything i usually talk about with regards to autism and eating disorders right i think as autistic people we can get so overwhelmed by having like a ton of different food options that it's much easier for us it's much safer for us to just always eat the same thing or to always eat at certain times or to do everything in the same way because it takes away that possibility of analysis paralysis and because we know about ourselves that we are going to be overwhelmed when or if we try something new we adapt and that's why we just always choose the same thing it's simply a method to protect ourselves to survive and again like what is the definition of something that has evolved or that has come to be to protect us and to promote our survival that's literally called an adaptation so yeah this is not rigidity but rather a coping mechanism to help us navigate a world that can be overwhelming a world that was not built for us i mean the fact that humans like developed a good eyesight and like hyper alertness and like really uh complex brains like would we call this like oh you're just being rigid no it's an adaptation it helps us survive it protects us to live in the world i mean any species main goal is survival and that primitive nature is going to be elevated when you are living in a world that was not built for you autistic people process information differently from neurotypicals and our brains work in unique ways i mean i don't have to tell you this but anyone who engages in a behavior that proves beneficial to survival is actively wiring their brain to repeatedly desire that behavior that is exactly how habits are formed when we do something and it 
gives us, you know, a sense of satisfaction, or it rewards us in some way, or it helps us to feel safe in some way, or it just, like, helps show our brains, like, oh, this is actually beneficial to your survival, we're going to crave that behavior again. That is how humans have survived for so many years, because we crave things that help keep us alive. Um, and of course, there are, like, maladaptive adaptations, um, did I say that right? Maladaptive adaptations? I feel like that's like a double, double adaptive. But anyways, um, I mean, we see that with like addictions, right? And eating disorders are definitely a maladaptive adaptation. Um, but I think it's really important to acknowledge that eating disorders do serve a purpose in some way. And I'm going to have to do a whole nother episode on, on this. Um, but something that I talk about a lot with my clients and, I think this like also gives you the power to let go of the eating disorder if you're an autistic person listening to this struggling with an eating disorder is instead of saying like only the eating disorder is bad, the eating disorder is bad, I need to get rid of the eating disorder, I need to recover, I think when you can acknowledge that your eating disorder served a really important purpose, like it had its time and place and now it's no longer serving a purpose and you're allowed to let go of it. I think that can be really um, refreshing and like really relieving too because it, it gives you, you permission that the eating disorder wasn't all bad. Like it, you lived your life and you don't have to feel guilty for having experienced it because it did serve a purpose. I mean, your behaviors around food and exercise give you a sense of control in a world that is out of your control, which causes you to rely on the disorder for trust and predictability. But of course, like, that's not a reason to keep engaging in eating disorder because eating disorder steal your entire life away. Like, that's why I do the work I do. That's why I recover. That's why I help other people recover. Um, but because I just mentioned that, like, I think autistic people are much more prone to eating disorders because we need coping mechanisms to help us survive a world that wasn't built for us in the first place it is really 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 important that you approach recovery through the autistic lens because if you're going to try and recover from an eating disorder as an autistic person with a neurotypical approach like that's not only is it not going to work but it's just going to cause more harm and you guys know I love metaphors if you're a frequent listener of the podcast um and a metaphor that I recently thought of was attempting to treat autistic people with eating disorders using the typical eating disorder recovery approach is like trying to treat a virus with antibiotics I mean if you know anything about viruses and bacteria you know that treating a virus with antibiotics doesn't work because you can only treat a bacterial infection (laughs) with antibiotics and often if you try and take antibiotics to treat a virus you're actually just gonna make your health worse um so yeah obviously it's very different than eating disorders and autism um but i just thought it was kind of kind of smart so it was one of those moments where i saw this metaphor and was like wow olivia you're not you're pretty smart after all (laughs) and with that being said like i also when it comes to recovery from disordered eating as an autistic person it's really important to note that routines and behaviors are never set in stone like that's what allows 
autistic people to recover from eating disorders because as any species we are adaptive and we can change our behavior if there's a strong enough reason to and that's why i always come back to motivation and having reasons knowing your why for recovery because you can only recover from an eating disorder if you do have a strong enough why like if you don't actually want to recover if you don't know why you're recovering it's never going to work because you need that why like that's what's going to keep you going of course if you are interested in working with me as always you can just contact me via my website you can send me a dm on instagram and we can set up a consultation call and i just love to help you set up your action plan for freedom and we will take a very step-by-step tailored approach using your autistic traits to advantage to recover from disordered eating instead of fighting them because that's what the eating disorder professionals try and do they try to attack your autistic traits which ends up doing more harm and what they also often do is they try and like change everything at once which again is most likely to just cause you to cling to the eating disorder more um so yeah autistic people need to approach change in a structured and gradual way and like i said in eating disorder recovery this means working with someone who understands you and can tailor treatment to your unique needs again trying to recover and trying to fit the mold of what you think recovery should look like it's just gonna lead to frustration and it's just gonna lead to taking steps back because that is not your path you are unique meaning you also need a unique path so to conclude this episode autistic people are not rigid or inflexible we are adaptive and we are resourceful and we are very good at finding ways to cope with a world that wasn't built for us our habits and routines are not a weakness but a strength that helps us navigate unpredictable circumstances and you can use that very same strength to fully recover from disordered eating So to repeat, you can contact me, you can set up a consultation call for one-on-one coaching with me. I will leave links in the show notes or if you're listening to this on YouTube in the description to where you can find me and the pricing and the information of all that coaching. Um, But if you liked this episode, apple (laughs) if you liked this episode um and you kind of want a taste of yeah pun intended totally taste of like what it's like um working with me and kind of how i approach things um i want to give you some more free value and that is my audio training three steps to recovery from an eating disorder as an autistic person and this is basically like a 45 minute training um that's like a private on-demand coaching session with me in which i guide you through three simple steps to learn how to use your autistic traits to your advantage in recovery from an eating disorder so again if you have never worked with me and you kind of want to like hear me talk um and give some free value and like guide you through some like really tangible action steps this is a great training for you and i created it because like i said before eating disorder professionals often set the ultimatum for full recovery as needing to get rid of the behaviors that are inherently autistic traits but 
Obviously, this only makes everything worse. The key to full recovery is actually very in line with today's episode topic, and that is all about that you need to adapt your recovery to your unique self. Neurodivergent people are different, meaning we also need a different approach. It's like, duh, 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 how are professionals missing this? I'm just like, oh, I could go on for hours about this, but um, I am not going to take too much of your time much longer because I know your time is so valuable. So that's again why I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're ready to gain some new insights and receive those tangible action steps in that free audio training, be sure to head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash free dash audio training and you will get the training delivered straight to your inbox and you can listen to it and be sure to let me know what you think um if you have any questions of course you can always get in touch with me if you want to work with me you can head over to my website it's all there i really hope to chat with you soon my friend and otherwise i will chat with you in the next episode bye bye for now just one foot in front of the other This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my small but mighty Liv Label Free team. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you are now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.